Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrier. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and your thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. Indeed we do. (laughs) But please do remember, we are podcast hosts, not experts, and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a medical and or mental health professional as needed. And if you would like to reach us, you can leave us a voicemail or a text message at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything mentioned on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod, on Instagram at Forever35Podcast, and join the Forever35 Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash Forever35Podcast. And please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. 
We have another issue going out on Thursday, and you can do that at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Well, I have some big news. You do, Kate. This I have is some major big, news. This is major. If you, uh, This will resonate if you have heard the show before. If you are a new listener and you're turning in for the first time, we'll just buckle up. Because I am finally watching the much-discussed Forever 35 listener favorite show, Below Deck. Not only am I watching it, but it has become a show Anthony, my husband, and I are watching together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last night, I was like, let's hang out. He's like, great. I was like, do you want to watch an episode of What We Do in the Shadows? And he was like, no, Below Deck. <laughs> And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course you liked it. And he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we, it is it is possibly our new show. And then we, like, discuss it. Wow. I don't know what's happening. I have to say, I, I get it. And I'm, I'm grateful so many people encouraged us to watch it because it is a really intriguing show. And... We started with the most recent season, which has just started airing. Mm. There have been three episodes that we've been able to watch. And then after we finished the most recent episode, we were like, oh, I wonder, like, we have like questions about yachting and like, have, do these people, have they been on the show the whole time? So then we went back and watched, started season one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. How many so, seasons are there? Not only do there appear to be nine seasons of Below Deck, there's also Below Deck Sailing Yacht and Below Deck Mediterranean and seasons of those spinoffs. So we've got like months of Below Deck ahead of us. Wow. And my brother has watched every single episode and he's a big Mediterranean fan. So I was group chatting with my brother and sister-in-law and Anthony and they were kind of giving us some advice and some tips about below deck but mediterranean is apparently very good you know it's really i have to say it's a really great reality show because you the characters are compelling they are working so it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as scripted as something as say like the real housewives or obviously Mm -hmm. like a a competition show like the bachelor bachelorette like it feels it actually feel i mean i know obviously it's a reality show so it's not real real but it does feel like they are really there doing it and then each week you're introduced to these like kooky characters who are chartering the boat and so there there's a constant flush of new faces so it just keeps it interesting plus i'm intrigued by the world of yachting i mean there's so much. I, I caught a couple of episodes of Below Deck Mediterranean when I was on a plane recently, or like two months ago. And it was very entertaining. And I mean, other people have pointed this out, but like the whole conceit of Below Deck with the, you know, the upstairs, downstairs of it all, yes. I think lends this extra layer of compellingness if you will well and often the upstairs people are just like real jerks i mean well actually i can't speak from experience my brother did say most of the time they're quite pleasant but this past week there's a crew of real estate people from seattle and they are they're out of control wow they're awful humans like if you ever want to see awful humans on a reality show turn into 
this one episode of the Seattle Realtors. Okay. But anyway, it's been really fun to watch and get into. It's like mindless but exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so it's fun having a show with my husband and it's we've never watched a reality show together except when I make him watch Bachelor in Paradise. So I just I'm this has been a great recommendation. I cannot thank you all enough. All you deckheads out there. Is that what they call themselves? Deckhands. <laughs> First mateys. I don't know why. I'm still learning all the terms. Anyway, that's what I've been up to, Dory. That's Just so exciting. indulging in some below deck is self-care. And you know, it's working. It's made me feel really good. Oh, what a dream. It's so nice to just also like when you get into a reality show nine seasons in oh God, and when they right. already have two spinoffs, it's like, you know that you're just you just have so many hours of bliss ahead of you. That is the best. It is the best feeling in the world when you like a show with infinite episodes. Yes. Yes. It's the best feeling. I mean, it truly, nothing tops it. Nothing. Nothing tops it. Nothing tops it. (sighs) Well, Kate, I am back with another invitation to you and our listeners to join me in the next Power Zone Pack Challenge on Peloton. Now, I know it seems like we just started the current challenge, but in fact, we are in week seven. It's almost over. It's only one more been, week. You have just been literally spinning your wheels. Indeed. Actually, by the time this airs, we will be in week eight, the final week of the challenge. And you have really enjoyed it. You've really connected with a lot of people about it, huh? I have. What's really nice is the cha- they set up a separate Facebook group for each team. So it's mostly people who are Forever 35 listeners. Although, as I've said before, I think there are a couple just random people who got put on our team who are probably like, what is happening here? Maybe they'll become um, listeners of the podcast. I mean, maybe they will. But This is that's how we also, bring people in. Right. It's really nice because we all commiserate about some of the instructors' bad music and how hard some of the rides are, but also like how accomplished we feel. Mm. And what's also nice is like people ride at the same time and they're like giving each other high fives and supporting each other. And it's been really, really fun because I had done a couple of challenges on other teams. And I just didn't have the same connection that I do with my Forever 35 team. So the Power Zone Pack website is run by a woman named Angie. And Angie just announced that the next challenge starts January 3rd. And you can sign up for it now. We will link to the sign up link in the show notes. It should take you directly to the Forever 35 team page. But if you have trouble finding it, just search for our team name is Forever 35,000 BCE. And our team number is 3 178. Fantastic. I'm excited. And also, there's a few people have said that their partners are going to be joining for the next challenge Ooh, on our team. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Again, let's get them into becoming podcast listeners. This is just a secret recruitment. I mean, no, it's not. Can Dory you blame is, me? 
No, I know. And I really love that you, this is like resonating with you. And also like, it's just nice to do stuff with people, even virtually, you know, it just yeah. feels nice to be part of a larger thing. Totally. And we're all kind of working towards the same goal. And I also, I just, and I've said this before, but like, I have to emphasize it again. I love, love, love so much that it's so individualized. Like we're not, we're not like competing against each other. There's nothing about like, who's the fastest or who ran the most miles or, you know, none of that. It's all based on your own abilities which is really, really cool. So I'm really excited for the next challenge. I also just wanted to mention that someone someone said that, that this was productive procrastination, and I have to agree that is accurate. But um, I was like, well, you know, there's the six weeks in between the challenges. What are we going to do? So I came up with... like a spreadsheet calendar of specific workouts that you can do in these six weeks. And it's a combination of power zone rides, regular rides, boot camps, strength classes, yoga classes, really mixes it all up. And also I, I chose classes for every day of the week. I fully do not expect people to, I will not be working out every day of the week, but I wanted to just like give people some options. So I'll link to that as well. I'll link to the spreadsheet. Well, Dory, um, let's pause the pod to hear from some of our podcast sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to be sharing some listener responses to uh, a person who called in and asked about how to handle having uh, their relationship with their, their dad's new wife. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. 
The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, 
this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious dynam. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. So to refresh your memories, we had someone call in and kind of ask, specifically me, but they, because I have a, a stepmom and a dead mom, um, but also Dory, because Dory is always filled with, fa- with fantastic feedback, how to handle the relationship and what to call their dad's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they had heard me mention my stepmother on the show before. And so we received, I, we received so many responses. I was like really moved kind of going through them today. It was really amazing. Yeah, we got we got a lot. So here's the first one. Um, this is a text message we received. They wrote, hi, Kat and Dor. I just wanted to write in with an extra message to the person who wrote asking Kate about her stepmom. My mom died when I was 26. I'm now 33. And I had anxiety for many years about my dad dating before he actually did. And then a really hard time when he started seeing someone. I was in therapy and it was just not getting better. Logically, I knew that I wanted my dad to be happy. I didn't want him to be alone all the time, etc. But every time I had to ask my dad about his girlfriend, I felt like I was going to vomit. Two things. One, I worked with my therapist and we set small goals for myself between each session, but they were all like only just the tiniest bit outside my comfort zone. So my first one was maybe like, say her name to my husband. And then maybe another was ask my dad how she is doing when I talk to him on the phone. Each one was so small and incremental that it felt manageable, but over time made a difference. The second thing is that after my son was born, I was in the hospital wide awake at like 3 a.m. Thanks, hormones, while my husband and son were sleeping. And I was definitely like blissed out on oxytocin, but I all of a sudden just thought the more people who love my son, the better. And me too. And that really helped me get some peace with the situation, sending them strength and also to everyone else struggling after the loss of a parent. It's the fucking worst. Also come to Forever 35 Grief on Facebook. Mm. I love this. This is such nice advice. I love the incremental steps to deal with anything. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's just like, it's like decluttering your space. Mm-hmm. Just throw one thing away instead of feeling like you have to clean the whole room. Yes. I also love the 3 a.m. oxytocin <laughs> inspired yes. revelation of like the more people that love my son, the better. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> well, 
Let's hear from another uh, listener who called in with some thoughts. Hi, um, I am calling about the discussion of um, using the word stepmom for um, your dad's wife after um, losing your mom. So first of all, I um, just want to say I, I get it. And um, I lost my mom when I was nine. Um, my dad remarried about, I want to say like six or seven years later. Um, and I now call my dad's wife, my stepmom. Um, she's really great. She's like a wonderful person. She also never made any attempt, um, to like become a mom to me and my sisters, which was actually very appreciated. Um, like I felt like we didn't need a new mom. We weren't like missing a mom. We were missing my mom, like the person. So I think sometimes, um, the reason it can be so weird and fraught and like difficult is because, um, like Kate was saying, you don't want to replace your mom. And there's a lot of, especially if your mom dies when you're young, um, there's a lot of discussion around like, oh, you must miss having a mom. You need a mom. Like, how can anyone survive without a mom, which is awful. And for me at first, calling her my stepmom meant that she was taking that place. Um, I do want to say, though, that like people, people will react to whatever you do and they don't always react well because we don't know how to talk about grief in like productive or healthy ways. So when I started calling her my dad's wife, people assumed, oh, do you not like her? Do you not, do you wish she didn't get married? And it just got into like a really nasty territory right away because of the stigma around stepmothers. So that calling her my stepmom to me, I was like, well, she's not really a mom to me, but it's just the easier word to use. And then I don't always have to say, oh, my mom died, right? Like I, I, I say my dad and my stepmom, and people don't always ask, where's your mom? Um, so, like, I I think my advice to this listener is people are going to judge you no matter what because people are shitty. Do what makes you feel the best, um, whatever word that is using, whatever closeness and family relationships. If you don't want to use the words, if you don't want to get close, that's totally your right. Um, but it's a hard conversation. Like it's something you have to be willing to talk about if that's the outcome that you want. Great advice from someone who's been there. Yeah. Kate, what did you think of this? Well, one thing that I kind of, I've listened to this voice one now like three times in preparing for this episode. And I do think sometimes the words we choose can be a form of like self-preservation, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like this listener saying, unfortunately, like people are so intrusive with their questions and their assumptions, especially when it comes to grief, right? Or like remarriage or re like remarriage. Is that a word? remarriage yeah that's a word it just it's very weird like i i I find i get very uncomfortable reading other people's responses to like um (laughs) judging people who are like widowed and dating again people get very worked up about all this stuff and like unless it directly affects you like 
shut up. Mm. But anyway, mm. I thought this was, I thought this person had a good point. And I, I also think like to the original listener, like it is your right to do whatever you want that makes you feel comfortable. You know, this might not be the real, like where you, you, you might not ever want to have a strong relationship with that person. And I do think it's a good point that this listener makes that like, you might have to talk about it and address it, but that is your right and your, your choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do just love this perspective of like my stepmom always made it clear that she wasn't trying to replace my mom. Yeah. You know, cause I, I think that that is so important for everyone. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And a lot of people are not always lucky to have be in that situation. You know, totally. I mean, that, that's really, um, I think that's so important. And we have, we have a email from a listener who is a, a widow and a stepmom and they offered their thoughts um, that kind of speak to that. Do you want to read the story? I would love to. Thank you. Hi, Kate and Dory. I've had the opposite of the pause the pod moment and have been thinking about this for a week. I'm writing in response to the woman who called about her dad's wife and feeling lost about it all. I'm hoping I can help by offering a widow and stepmom's perspective. I was widowed at age 34 when my daughter was seven years old, and about a year later, I met a fellow widower with three children of his own. I know how hard it is to open your heart to someone new when you're still grieving, whether it's one year or 10 years after your loss. In our house, we'd routinely say never forgotten, never replaced about the people we've loved and lost. When you lost your mom, your dad also had a catastrophic loss. He lost his life partner and the person he thought he'd spend forever with. And it sounds like your dad's wife also had a family before she met your dad and a life that didn't go the way she'd initially planned. The fact that they have a chance to build something beautiful together after loss and grief is really incredible. You and your dad will never replace your mom and nothing could ever make you forget her. I still deeply love my first husband and always will. And I know my husband feels the same way about his late wife. The other thing I routinely say to our kids is you can never have too many people who care about you. When I met my stepchildren, they were in their late teens to early 20s and had varying levels of interest in me. I said to them all at the beginning that I knew they already had a mom and that I would never try to take her place, but that I hoped we could build a relationship of friendship and mutual respect where I could be an ally and an advocate for them. Two of them came around relatively quickly, and one of them still wants nothing to do with me 10 years later. She refuses to acknowledge my daughter as her little sister, even though the other two do, and her relationship with her dad has become almost non-existent. It's been heartbreaking for my husband, but also really painful for me too, knowing she blames me and there's nothing I can do about it. What I've learned from losing my husband is that life is short and that you should share the things in your heart with the people you love. Would you consider talking to your dad about how you feel? Maybe the two of you could talk more openly about your mom and find ways to keep her memory alive together that would make you feel more comfortable with his new relationship. And would you maybe consider talking to your dad's wife about how you feel and or how hard this is for you? Chances are she's feeling the same way and wants the best for you. Perhaps your therapist could help you find the right words to express what you're feeling. Ultimately, whether you call her my dad's wife or my stepmom doesn't matter so much as the relationship you have with her. There aren't any words to express the grief we feel, but it's infinitely better with company instead of on your own. Sending you big hugs as you navigate this. Ooh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. 
I really appreciated this perspective. Yeah, me too. And you know, it made me just want to once again, make sure people listen to Nora McInerney and follow along with her because she talks a lot about you know, being widowed and having two husbands and blending families and still being in love with her first husband who is no longer alive and also being in love with her current husband and how that is, that is not just possible, but I would dare I say common and what happens, you know? And I think, I think a lot of these messages that we're getting from people is really about like the expansiveness of uh, how when it's like when the relationships are healthy again because i don't want to presume that the you know not everybody is in a situation where like the person coming into their life is is great yeah but if if they are relatively like drama free you know that expanding and having more people is often often fills a life mm-hmm. in many ways but yeah. god is it freaking hard i really uh i empathize deeply yeah, all of these things are really hard. And like the fact that your stepdaughter just refuses to acknowledge you sounds really painful. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I would be, I'm curious as to what their pain is, you know? I mean, this is, it's yeah. just, life is hard and grief is hard. It just it like, man, it fucking sucks. <laughs> like it just sucks. It and the sucks. worst part of the story, we're all going to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that about life. No, me neither. Well, let's cleanse our palates. Okay. And when we come back, there's a gear switch, you know, as we do. All right. We'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient 
to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Dory. Kate. A text message. How do I get my husband to wash his face? He's a do-it-all-in-the-shower kind of guy, but since the pandemic started, we've both cut back on our showering frequency, so he's not getting it washed on a daily basis anymore. I've got a moisturizing face wash, thanks for all the great recos, so hopefully it'll be a one-step nighttime routine, but IDK how to start, seriously start that conversation. I've said in passing before, you need to wash your face, and he brushes it off. Why do I care so much? One, he's a messy eater, so sometimes wiping off with a napkin isn't good enough. And two, he's been experiencing blemishes. Neither of those things bother him, but they bother me because it's so easy to wash and be done before bed. Anyway, would love to hear your thoughts. This is, this is a tricky one. Because on the one hand, I want to tell this listener, let it go. Right? Like, this is your husband's body. He can do what he wants with it. If he doesn't want to wash his face, that's his decision. On the other hand, I acknowledge that we're getting into, like, tricky questions about, like, being attracted to your partner, still being attracted to your partner when they do things that, like, turn you off, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, my, my, also my reaction is that you might need to let this go. And instead of focusing on how to get your husband to wash his face, focusing on how you're going to move on. And I'll tell you, I get it. I mean, this is not the same, but Anthony has this cup that he uses like, you know, when he brushes his teeth, it's this like plastic cup that he's had since childhood. And it's like so old and it like is grimy and it drives me nuts. And I have like tried to bring up getting a new cup and he's like, no, this is it. And finally, I just had to be like, okay, I'm just gonna. And I don't know why the cup, like who cares? It's a cup, Mm -hmm. but it was grimy. And I was like, it's so easy to buy a new cup, Dory, a new clean cup. Yeah, I mean, I think... For this listener, it might be worth, and I say this gently, but it might be worth interrogating for yourself why this has triggered something so visceral in you that you have felt the need to write into a podcast for advice about it. Because this is obviously bothering you on, like, I think, like, a pretty deep level. Do you disagree, Kate? Well, one, because it is, it can feel so frustrating when something Mm -hmm. is easy to do and Mm -hmm. someone refuses to do it. Mm -hmm. This is an inherently irritating thing that only irritates more kind of like the longer it goes on and the more you're like, it would just be so fucking easy for you to like, you know, X, Y, Z, wash your face. Yeah. Just one, it takes two seconds. Mm 
But then also the feeling of like, you care because it sounds like he has food residue on his face and he's getting yeah. acne, but those things don't bother him. Now, right. you are the person who has to, like, you know, I do think it's also valid that like, we want to be attracted to our partners. And if like, if our partner mm-hmm. has like food on their face, yeah, you know, so I do think, let's see, have, have you brought this up with the husband? I just want to read. Oh, he brushes it off. The other thing is that sometimes when we get feedback like this from a, a spouse, it feels inf- infant- infantilizing, infantilizing. Mm-hmm. And that can be embarrassing. Like, I don't like it when Anthony's like, you need to th- wash, make sure you rinse your dishes more. Like, fuck off. You know, so I get how the, I get how this person's husband would be like, leave me alone, you know? Yeah. So how, let's say we want this, this person wants to just say to their husband, hey, how do you do it? Or is that even the right thing to do? I don't know. Maybe there is no right thing. I would love to hear from like a couple's therapist about how they would recommend navigating this because this is one of those questions that I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I just feel like I'm like constantly equivocating. Like, yes. Well, there's this, but there's also this. And like, ultimately, I'm being well, unhelpful. So every relationship is different, right? So like how you or yeah. I might approach this with our spouse is going to be different. And and I don't want to make this listener feel like that their feelings aren't valid here because I do think they are, you know, and like, presumably these are our like partners who we're intimate with and sharing spaces with and like there is something to be said for like wanting to be attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm presuming this is affecting your attraction, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's there has the to be... vibe that I'm getting. Yes. So great question. Let's yeah. see what we can, let's see what we can dig up from the, the hive mind. All right. All right. I loved this question so much. <laughs> Hey, Cat and Door, part of your conversation with Kate Bear got me thinking. What do you do with old, embarrassing, and or cringy writing that you've done in the past? This could include old journals or diaries, poetry, stories, etc. I have stashes of old writing, diaries, and fiction, both at my parents' house and my own house. I think I would die of embarrassment if I ever thought anyone else read them, but it feels bad to throw them away, too. The diaries are so personal and parts of the made up stories are just so cringe inducing even to me. Think of a rural, small town dwelling teen writing about sex, alcohol, gangs, etc. Literally no experience in any area. I'm tempted to toss the worst offenders. What do you guys do? Thanks so much for the pod. And this listener asked that they stay anonymous, but did specify that they use she, her, hers pronouns. So we shall use those pronouns. Oh boy. I mean, you have, you have said you're a journal writer, Dory, and I have a lot of old journals floating around. And I recently, I was like, what happens when I die and my family finds these embarrassing journals? I mean, I doubt they have the time or patience to go through them and read them, but if they do, then like, maybe that would like bring them some comfort. I will say as someone who is like kind of a hoarder when it comes to these types of like personal memorabilia type things um i have a lot of this stuff i have like Mm. so many like i have journals and diaries from when i was a kid i have like letters people wrote me at camp and i'm also like a digital hoarder like i have emails from you know 15 years ago and stuff like that so my instinct with this kind of stuff is always like keep it i also (laughs) 
If you've ever looked at um, Mortified, mm, they have so a podcast good. and um, they do a lot. They did a live show for a long time. And I was I I did I read in one of their live shows and they have people read um, parts of their diaries and journals from when they were kids and teenagers. And like, I guess what I'm saying is like everyone's mm-hmm. diaries from when they were younger are cringy and embarrassing like there's literally not one person in the world who has a diary that they read now and they're like i was so wise and yes totally sure you know it's all like so embarrassing um and i i having just written a memoir where like i did consult some old journals oof dory i will say like there is something about I think there's something about getting older and growing up where you develop you develop more empathy for your younger self and this stuff becomes less cringy and embarrassing and more just like this is who I was and like mm. I was you know this is what I was going through at that time and I'm not the same person now I would never write this now but like that's not what I wrote when I was 13 is not a reflection on who I am now you know <laughs> Yeah, I'm, so, I'm looking. I'm looking behind me, trying to see if I could grab one of my old journals to read to this listener to make them feel better about themselves. Because oh my gosh, mine are just they're, yeah. I mean, they're like the, also the things that you focus on when you're like a kid and a teenager. It's like oh god, when you try like there were you know times when I'm trying to be like deep about like world events. I mean, it's just uh-huh, like so uh-huh. embarrassing. <laughs> um. I, you know, I think if you have the space, you should keep them. And I should also say, I'm not picturing that you have like three dozen boxes of journals and diaries. I'm picturing like a box or two. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. I would just, I would also say keep them. And if you are horrified at the idea of someone reading them, box them all up into a container, tape it shut and write on the container these are my private journals from my life. If anything happens to me, I'm sorry to be morbid, but let's be honest. This is what we think about, right? Like, or like if anyone is going to find these, please don't read them. They're private, you know, just shred Mm -hmm. them, burn them, whatever, you know, you can put a note, like, so you don't want someone to, you know, if someone happens upon them, hopefully they would respect your, your boundary. Yeah. Now I will say, delete the digit not the digital like email stuff but like the live journals that stuff delete it or lock it up <laughs> that's probably good advice <laughs> oh, well i'll try to find an old diary so i could share something it's so embarrassing there's so- the poems there's one oh. i remember where it's like when I'm on a horse, I feel free. When I'm not, I feel like a crumpled bird on the ground. Like I'm 10 writing about horses. <laughs> and I can just remember that quote. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. We've being all been a there, listener. Yeah. Yeah. I love your idea, though, of having like compassion for your younger self. I think that's really like think of them as their own person. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. All right. Well, Dory, we are at the end of the road. We are. This was fun as usual. It was. All right. Bye, everyone.